Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Okay, first of all, the book of Daniel has just huge modern day relevance. It's very prophetic, but it's also very specific in that the vision that Daniel has and the revelation that he has, it specifically says that it's, it's for future time. In fact, that some of it really won't be understood until after knowledge increases and it's at the end time. He's in Babylon. We need to understand that as the, the church, you know, the, the world system, it's like Babylon. We're in a culture, we're in a system that is anti to the things of God. That's why when, if we're in neutral, guess what? We're gonna get pulled that way. And so Daniel's a great example of someone that learned how to be loyal to Yahweh, loyal to God in a time where everything around him was against God, okay? And so Daniel chapter 10, verse one, it says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, look, a word was revealed to Daniel. Everybody say revealed. It says, uh, his, this was his Babylon name they gave him. He was named Belshazzar. And the word was true and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. I'm gonna get to that in a second. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. He was, some translations say fasting. As New Covenant Christians, we don't, we don't fast to mourn Yeah, we fast to get into alignment with what God is saying, okay? Um, Jesus has given us the oil of gladness because he has won the battle for us on the cross. We just have to execute the game plan as the ecclesia, amen? And it says, uh, here's where he says, I was mourning for three weeks, was fasting. Here's how I fasted. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth. No sweets, no meats, no alcohol. Nor did I anoint myself at all for full three weeks. I wanna make sure everyone is clear that I do want you to bathe and shower over the next three weeks. We, we do take the Bible as literal as possible, but sometimes I do believe there's some flexibility, especially when it comes to bathing. Okay, so... He says this, on the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris. I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like a multitude. Now I'm not gonna get into you know, the, the angels and the divine beings that are in this story too much, you will learn about the Dr. Heiser, you will learn about that uh, on Saturday and Sunday. He's got a great book uh, on angels and it's in Supernatural as well. I wanna focus on the overall big picture, okay? And it says, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. They ran off terrified. Okay. He says, so I was left alone. I saw this great vision, watch this, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. 
Then I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sounds of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. So watch this. Daniel's praying and fasting for wisdom, okay? Here comes the wisdom from heaven. In other words, he gets educated. He wanted wisdom. He gets the education for what he was looking for, but it put him to sleep. See, because what we're gonna begin to understand is that we can read the word of God all day long. We can educate ourselves all day long, but without revelation, without the spirit of God to give it the meaning that he wants it to have. No scripture is open to private interpretation, but men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of these things. I'm gonna come right back to this. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of the person which is in him? Also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 13, 10, and I could give you tons of others. Then the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, if you read the gospels, especially Matthew, Jesus always, you know, kingdom of heaven is like this and this and that. And he's talking all these parables. And finally, the disciples themselves are like, look, why do you teach everybody in parables? Can't you just break this down? Can't you make this so simple? I mean, you know, you're talking all these parables. Why are you speaking in parables? Look what Jesus says. He answered and he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And here's what he's gonna eventually say. He's gonna eventually say, because it's all about the heart. And if people's hearts don't want me, if people's hearts don't want the truth, if people's hearts aren't towards me, if they have a hard heart, if they are resist, follow me this, if their hearts are like that, they're not gonna understand the meaning of the word I'm speaking, even though they are educated, they won't understand the life component because everything with God is about relationship. And if you don't want a relationship, if you aren't ready to surrender, if your heart doesn't want the truth, God's not gonna show you the truth. These are things that are spiritually discerned. Yes, that's why Jesus, what did he do? The Pharisees, I mean, he's preaching to these people. These, these certain people are getting it. The people that had educated themselves their entire lives in what was the word of God were resistant to it. And Jesus said, you guys search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. You have become masters of education, but you have forgotten what that education is supposed to do. You search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are the scriptures that testify about me. Your heart has to want a relationship with the Messiah. Your heart has to be towards God. Daniel set his heart to know God. He had a humble heart. David was a man after God's own heart. God doesn't look at the 
outside. He looks at the heart. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, physical listening is with the ear, but spiritual understanding is with the heart. I wish somebody... So watch, Daniel got the wisdom, the education, it put him to sleep. Now look what happened. Then the next verse, verse 10, it says, behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 11, and he said to me, oh Daniel, man greatly loved relationship. Understand the words that I speak to you, look, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. So the education put him to sleep, but then the encounter woke him up. See, wisdom put you to sleep, natural education might put you to sleep, but an encounter will stand you on your feet. An encounter is what awakens you to the word that God has put in your spirit. Is there anybody over these next 21 days that doesn't want to do just a little devotion, just a little Bible study, just a little here and a little there? Is there anyone who will go after God with all of their heart so they can have an encounter with the living God and awake and awakening? God wants to stand you on your feet. Why? Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Everything in the kingdom is about relationship. You have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. You don't need that man teach you. That doesn't mean, obviously from the Bible, teaching the word is huge. We have to know the word. The word is how we define things. No prophecy outside the word, anything. Everything must line up with the word of God, but watch. You have the Holy Spirit. And in the context of Ephesians 4, here's the challenge we have in the body of Christ today. This is one of the things that God is restoring. He's restoring Ephesians 4, the order of equipping in a local church. Okay, not the universal church or the regional church, not the home, watch, the local church. That order is this, apostle, prophet, pastor, right? Evangelist, teacher, remember that order? Where there's no vision, the people perish. Cast off for strength, that means where there's no prophetic revelation, not in addition to the word, where there is no apostle, prophet, that helps give the prophetic context of what is going on for, with the kingdom of God in that church, then there can be no order. Today the church has cut off the apostle, the prophet, it's flipped upside down. We have a thousand teachers defending their own religious systems 
It's the same thing in politics. It's the same thing in history. I mean, here's what happens. When you have a system to defend, that's dangerous. See, the kingdom, kingdom come, your will be done, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. We have no right to defend a system that is not in accordance to the kingdom because we are not rulers. That's what I found out after Good Friday and that encounter with Jesus. I, that's what I found out, that I had stepped in the place I'd substituted. I'd put my own wisdom in there. I'd fragmented, I'd pulled here a little, there a little, all those kind of things. No, we don't have a right. You can't improve on the kingdom of heaven. You can't make the kingdom of heaven better. You can't, the kingdom of heaven needs no innovation. You can't add what the kingdom of heaven already has and what we're called to do, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't have that theological construct first and then set your boundaries with the word, you will be tossed to and fro by every religious camp, by every wind of doctrine, by everybody that thinks they can educate themselves into revelation and they can't educate themselves into revelation. That comes by the Spirit of God and that comes into your heart and it's not just for me because we're all priests. It's for you. You can know God. You can discern the truth. You can have an encounter with God. Education puts you to sleep, but an encounter stands you to your feet. The Lord is gonna wake us up over the next 21 days. You're gonna have your own encounter. He goes on to say, he says, uh, now he's awake. He says, fear not, Daniel, for the first day you set your heart Everybody say, it's about the heart. So I created me a clean heart. Remember Jesus, I got seven minutes. Remember Jesus on the road to Emmaus and he's walking with those two disciples and he begins to unpack to them the scriptures and they walk, they're walking with Jesus. Watch, he's right in front of them. But they don't recognize him. Revelation has to be given. Who do you say that I am? I say you're the Christ, son of the living God. Blessed are you, Peter, because man can't educate himself unto this. Education is important, but Peter, this comes by revelation. My father revealed this to you. Jesus is walking with those two guys, rode to Emmaus, what happens? They get to a place, there's a fire, they have a meal, Jesus breaks bread. What does that sound like? A candle, a fire, form of sanctification. Breaking bread. Does that sound like communion? Sound like a small group here? 
family breaking bread, communion. As soon as he breaks the bread, guess what the Bible says? Their eyes were opened. And they realized they, it was, that guy was Jesus. Well, what changed? What, what, what changed? What was, why couldn't they recognize him? And then all of a sudden, now they recognize him. Jesus says it. He said, oh, you slow of heart. You can have a hardness of heart. You can also have a slow of heart. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. We're gonna, in this age of reason and in this age of physicality, senses, and in this age where we scoff at anything that we cannot see, are we going to believe the Bible or not? Is there an unseen realm or not? Do people have encounters with God or not? Is Jesus gonna return or not? Is Eden gonna be restored or not? Are there angels and fallen angels? Are there powers and principalities? Do we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the forces of darkness. Is there this war going on or not? Jesus says, when I come back, will I even find faith on the earth? To be carnally minded is it's enmity with God. You can't understand the things of God. To be spiritually minded that comes from the right heart is life and peace. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That kingdom comes from heaven. And the world's not getting better. Sorry. But the church is gonna get brighter Watch. And that brightness to those whose hearts don't want God, it's gonna produce a hardening like we've never seen. So the church is gonna keep getting brighter. The world is gonna keep getting darker. And because the church is stepping in, understanding it's not about individual purpose, it's about becoming a people and our destiny, our, our, our purpose is in the age to come, okay? It's in the millennium because it's, it's kingdom. So that's gonna eventually lead to this war at the end, the apocalypse. And guess whose kingdom is gonna win? The Lord's kingdom. You have to decide which kingdom you're gonna be loyal to. The kingdom of this world or the kingdom of our Christ. And the word says that in the end, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Christ. Yeah? It says, when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face, verse 15, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. 
Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, the reason of the vision pains, uh, by reason of the vision pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Watch this. So he stands, he's awake. And now look at verse, but he's, he's not able to, to fully function. Look at this, he has no strength. It says, again, when having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. I remember when Jesus said in Matthew 6, fear not, fear not, little flock, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You don't need to be afraid because Jesus has already won the battle. These principalities and powers are defeated. But remember what their, their game plan is. They know they lose in the end. They just want the church to stay fragmented so they can stay here as long as they can. But they are here illegally and they have no authority, no real claim here. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Look, oh man, greatly love, fear not. Peace be unto you. Everybody say shalom. There's a peace. Peace be unto you. Look at this. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. God loves you. Righteousness of Christ, right patterns. Look, peace be unto you, righteousness, peace, and joy. Be strong and of good courage. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And he has this encounter. Listen, our fasting is a prophetic act of aligning our hearts with God. We don't just get wisdom and some blessings and some miracles. All that's gonna come. I'm asking you this fast to think of it in a much larger context. I'm asking you that you would fast and rend your heart to God. And here's what God is gonna do. He's gonna not only bring you into wholeness, he's gonna bring you into the oil of gladness. Your strength is gonna return because your joy is gonna return. New Testament fasting is about joy. Last thing, and you want to hear this. You're going to have an encounter. We are going to have an encounter. Last year, after our 21 days of prayer and fasting, after that awakening, remember my encounter with Jesus was on Good Friday, so that was still a couple of months away. Um, but five days after last year's fast, I was, uh, I was at the gym that I go to and uh, getting that protein back. I was at the gym and I was upstairs. They have this room up there uh, where you work out and um, away from the main floor and no one was up there and I was sitting on this bench and I'm telling you, the Holy, Ghost, the Holy Spirit came upon me and I was just weeping. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, Stovall, the church this year's entering into its 21st year. Next year, the 21 days will also be on the 21st year of the church. It's a, it's a double, it's like double portion, like, It'll be on the 21st year of the church. Now watch. The mission scripture statement that we founded the church on 20 years ago, now 21 years ago, seek first the kingdom 
Matthew 6, 33, and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. Boy, little did I know that I had no idea what that scripture really meant until my encounter with the Lord. After the 21 days of fasting, the Lord began to speak to me about the 21 days and it'll be the 21st year. And, and there were some real personal things like just the way that I am, how I'm wired the way I am, why I am the way I am. I never felt like I was really wired for what I was doing in the sense of just pastoring. And I really felt inadequate in a lot of ways. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the way that I've wired you, it wasn't meant for the first 20 years. It's meant for the next 20 years. And actually, all of this is really in preparation for the next 20 years. And a couple of things that he spoke to me were these, these awakening, what we call then awakening revivals. Now we know it's much more than revival. It's, it's about an open heaven to yes, bring revival, but also bring restoration. He said, if you will fast like you've been doing these 21 days, just like Daniel 10, if you will continue to be faithful in this, then in these cities and these regions where I've called you to, obviously our church is in multiple locations, multiple cities, I will open the heavens just like I opened them in Daniel chapter 10. Man, I didn't even read that part, did I? I'm so glad I don't have to preach a good message anymore. Verse 12, I'm closing with this. I'm four minutes over, but you wanna hear this. Skip verse four or verse 12, look. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your what? Heart to understand and humbled yourself before God. Your words have been heard. I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia, this is a spiritual principality, a fault, fallen entity. This is, this is the, the, this spiritual principality. This prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, a good angel, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. This is more for the end times, for the vision is for days yet to come. Here's what I wonder. What if Daniel would have stopped fasting at 19 days? By Daniel humbling his heart and seeking God, after 21 days, these principalities and powers were pushed back. The encounter came the revelation came that would bring revival and restoration, not just to the Jew. I mean, we're talking to the end of the age here. And this was at a time before Jesus died on the cross. So those fallen principalities and powers had a right to be there. You'll learn about this from Dr. Heiser probably. They had a right to be there. But when Jesus died on the cross, 
and all of our sin was put upon him and he was the perfect sacrifice. When he rose, the Bible said, he made a public spectacle of all of those principalities and powers. In other words, Jesus won back what was rightfully ours and what was rightfully our heavenly fathers, the earth. He won it back. Now they have no right to be here. They have no authority. See, they, they had the title. God always had the deed. They usurped the title. Jesus got the title back. We have the deed and the title back. But they're still hanging around because the ecclesia won't enforce the rule and reign of God through the kingdom. So the regional ecclesia at the end of these 21 days, when we're at dailies and when our church in DC is in DC, I've already talked to pastors and we come together as the regional ecclesia. And man, we seek God and we see revival and miracles. And then at the end, we all come to the Lord's table. We break the bread. We proclaim his death until he comes. You know what that means? This region here in Northeast Florida, when we do that as a regional ecclesia, we are telling the fallen principalities and powers they are on the clock. We're proclaiming the Lord's death. He defeated you on the cross. We are taking the earth back for our heavenly father. Jesus has defeated you. We proclaim his victory and he's coming again. He's coming back. The church is starting to look like the kingdom. And when the church looks like the kingdom, the kingdom comes. And when the kingdom comes, the king is with it. And they're going to have to watch. I'm telling you. Those powerful angels are going to make those, those fallen ones watch. We're receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. So there's significance here. Watch. For your home. There's significance here for our church. And there's significance here for the region. Let's be faithful. And in the 21st year of the 21 days, let's be faithful in this season. You're not just gonna receive wisdom. You're gonna have an encounter. And you're gonna wake up. And God is gonna strengthen you with wholeness and joy like you have never known because that's what the kingdom is. How many of you are ready for that? Stand to your feet right now. Come on, let's give God a big, big hand, huh? Come on, give him a hand. <laughs> Come on, one more time. Let's demonstrate some loyalty to Jesus. Jesus! Come on, I want to hear a roar. We love you, Lord! 
Your kingdom is coming. A king is coming. Revival's coming to this region. We're your church, Lord. Let me speak this blessing over you. And then we'll have a, a song. After this blessing, you can go if you need to go. Then we're gonna have like just a praise song where things can break up. Then the altars will be open for additional prayer and all that. And if you need to go to, whether it's foundations, membership, or get water baptized, please get water baptized and pick up your Heiser Supernatural book copy. If you can't afford it, we will give it to you. It's so important to understand the meta-narrative of scripture where you're not reading the Bible fragmented. Amen. Look at this, put it up on there. The Lord bless you and keep you. He blesses you, look, he keeps you, keep, he puts a hedge. Puts a hedge around your home, a hedge around your house. Satan has no access. He has to ask permission just like he did for Job. You have, you, what do you want? Oh, I can't do anything. There's a hedge. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, we thank you that it is by your grace and your mercy. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I'm holding up my hand like this because that's the Hebrew letter Sheen. It stands for the name of God, Shaddai. It's what the priest did. It was symbolic for God placing his name upon his people and upon his household. The Lord give you peace. He give you shalom. He give you wholeness. Lord, we thank you one day in your kingdom. We'll sit down with you. <laughs> and we'll finally understand what it means for things to be as they should. For things to function as you intended it to be. With your sons and daughters in heaven and earth. I thank you, Lord, for for I thank you for wholeness. I thank you for joy. I thank you for the oil of gladness for your people. Help us to be, thank you for grace, your graciousness. I just thank you for all these saints, brothers and sisters, fellow priests. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We want you to get all the glory, all the glory. You're only getting a fraction of the glory right now, Lord. There's coming a day that no one or no thing will take your glory. You will get all the glory that you rightfully deserve. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.